You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Process. Welcome, 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 hey man, it's The Process, where the process is always greater than what it produces. Man, this is your boy, Sean Barber, 10-year NFL vet, and you would not believe who he got in the building today. My man, man, he's a mountain of a man uh, here in Kansas City, no matter if it's here, Green Bay, the mountains of um, Mount Holly, New Jersey, uh, man, Tulane, or uh, I, I don't know, what we're going to find out, we're going to find out exactly the story, this is my man. Desmond Moses, former linebacker here with your Kansas City Chiefs. And so, man, we just going to jump right into it. We don't like to mess around. But before we hit the who, the what, and the where, I got to pay some bills. You know I got to pay these bills. So, yes, man, our title sponsor is the McGinnis Group. And, yes, I work for the McGinnis Group, and we specialize in employee benefits for health insurance, uh, for companies, retirement, financial services, life insurance, long-term care. Man, almost anything in the financial world that you would like. We can review it and uh, put together a great package, not only for you, but for your company. So when you have a chance, holler at Scott, holler at Sonny or Matt, Matt McGinnis with the McGinnis Group, uh, where we understand what team is about. T-E-A-M, together, everyone achieves more. And without further ado, man, we're going to get into it with my man, Moses. Um, Dez, what's going on, man? Let's listen. Thank you, Brad. Always. We started the show with this. The who, the what, and the where. Who is Desmond Moses? What is he doing now? And then um, how can people find you? Where can people find you on social media? Great question. Yeah, I'll start with the social media. Desmond dot, or excuse me, Desmond M, at Desmond M. At Desmond M. Um, D-E-Z-M-A-N-M. Right now, I'm, I'm a real estate investor. I'm, I'm enjoying the TV side of football and staying close to the game. I got a show here in Kansas City, um, uh, the Price Chopper Game Day show, Sundays, 10 a.m. All right. So y'all make sure y'all check that out, man, if y'all want to get some pregame notes and figure out exactly what I'm thinking, you know, my hot takes for the week. Um, but I'm enjoying it. You know, obviously being away from the game is always a little difficult, leaving your teammates, you know, the type of bar that you have. Um, but but getting into real estate and real estate investment particularly has been something for me that, you know, not only has the challenge been one to keep me going, but I like making money. I think that's the young hustle yes, of me sir, for Jersey. Yes, sir, you know? yes, sir. Yeah. All right, so that's the that's the where people can find you at. And also, you got hashtag Moses Squared. Moses Squared, yeah, that's, that's my podcast. podcast. Yep, my little sister. We're talking about sports, the culture, on-field, off-field, really geared for young athletes who want to, you know, try to get those tidbits, those nuggets on how to analyze or, or excuse me, how to approach some of these mm-hmm. systems like high school now with NIL, college, just the business side of it and how you can navigate and maybe avoid some hurdles. All right, now let's talk about the journey. All right, let me say it from – is willing to borrow? Willingboro. Willingboro, Willing New Burrow. Jersey. Yeah. Out of Mount Holly, mm-hmm. New Jersey. Now, now this, listen, we've had way too many guys on the show already from New Jersey. You know, yeah, Dana, yeah. Dana, Dana Hughes. Yes, sir. I bring his name up. Jersey. Jersey boy, man. Golly, he is Jersey through and through. Just yeah. kept talking about all the cats, all the Jersey this, Jersey this. And then to see that, you know, he went to Iowa. And then when I was doing research about you, I yeah. saw that you were committed to the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. But then at some point, Tulane, right? Yeah. So I started, yeah, I, I came out of Willingboro, New Jersey, which is also the home of Carl Lewis and Sean, oh, yeah. Sean Phillips. Look at that. Look yeah. at that Jersey blood. You always got to yeah. give all the shout yeah. out of props to everybody from you know, the area. You know, you, that's how we do it. Yes, you know, you got to show them love. But um, went to a really awesome high school, man, public school, and, and really a 
a school in an area that's known for having some athletes and music. We got about seven Grammy Award winners from my high school and all. Yeah. So we had a really cool program um, with the with the arts and, and also with the athletics. So I was honored to go there and then went off to Iowa. You know, that was a big deal coming from, you know, public school, ended up at the University of Iowa, Big Ten. Um, you know, went out there, ball, played as a true freshman, true sophomore. Was a little too much jersey for him at the time. You know, they're like, look, young blood, slow down now. Yes, slow, yep. slow your roll. But, you know, we were just having good, clean fun. Um, decided to to relocate and ended up at Tulane and blessed for that opportunity there, man. We really, I would say even coming into Tulane, we were probably a two, three win type of team mm-hmm. program. If you guys paying attention last year, Tulane, the USC. Yes, sir. The Cotton Bowl, really, really big game for the whole university. Green wave, green wave. So oh, yeah. for Hawkeye was uh, was Jim Reed was he one of the guys in in the program while you were still there? He was a linebacker coach. He coached me at no. University of Richmond. I know. I mean, again on the defense side, but I know everybody talks about Iowa U as tight end U because yeah. Hawkinson and all the the other. Even Tony Moyaki was a former chief that Man. I played with, and Brandon Myers, who I played. I think he was a twelve year vet while I was there. Um, I was a guy who transitioned. They were trying to get me to play tight end. I was, a, I was an all-state wide receiver in high school, actually. All right, all right. But I wasn't, you know, I wanted to hit folks, you know. You got that linebacker mentality. It's therapy out Listen, there. Listen, we got a lot of things in common. We, we were both high school wide receivers. Yes. Uh, we both amazing linebackers in the league. Um, uh, all district wide receiver myself. Correct. Played okay. both ways and everything. That's how we did back in the day. It wasn't one yes, play. Yes. Athletes. Um the, the the unfortunate part about uh, uh, what we did was um, we we learned how to play the game on either side of the ball. And I think, and I go back to my years as playing wide receiver and safety, and I thought I was really uh, a better linebacker because I understood the passing tricks. Yeah. I knew the passing tree. I knew complementary routes. If this guy's running a hook behind me, then there's going to be a flat in front of me or a slant in front of me, something to try to make me bite up and come up so they can throw something behind me. Yeah. So I was able to kind of play that cat and mouse game with the quarterback like, you know, you don't know if I'm gonna come up or if I'm gonna stay back and get underneath. Or Correct. I'm gonna I'm turn my shoulders like I'm about to break flat, but I know you're trying to throw this hook route behind me. Yeah. So I, I've seen game. I've seen that in your film over and over again. As like, man, he's playing a, a game of chess while everybody else is playing chuck, checkers out there, and so I kind of admire that. Now you you talking about you watch me playing? Yeah, I did. Grew up watching you. <laughs> big big uh, collar, you know. You had to. Oh he man, was busting, you know that's hey, how it was back then. I, I was 220 pounds, so I yeah. had to make it look like I was right. 240 because I, I didn't want those fullbacks and those offensive guys to think I was no punk. So Absolutely. I had to make myself. I put the you know listen. I played back in the days where we took socks, yeah, and and, and, and tied up up under our shoulder pad to make our shoulder pads lift up. But so, y'all was hitting though. So y'all was in the air was hitting. I think I was a little late in the errors because I you know I got about six seven big hit balls at the crib. But yes, sir. You know the games kind of got away from it a little bit. They don't like the big hits. But that was my game, though, and I, I enjoyed it. It was it was truly therapeutic. Man, all right. So from New Jersey uh, to the Green Bay Packers, yeah. and then eventually to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. Like, IG at Moses, no, at Dez D E Z M A N, capital M. Yep. Dez Man M, and then on uh, hashtag uh, Moses Squared. It's for his podcast. Absolutely. And then a game day show, Price Chopper game day show. Yeah. Look him up on the game day show. So that's the who, the where, the what. That's how you find them. That's my man, Moses. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit, man. Listen, absolutely. We just we know what everybody's interested in. Yeah. What happened on Monday night? Monday night football. Uh, I can go down the stats real yeah. quick. Just to, if, There's two stats that really stand out. 
if the, you ask me. The, the, the tale of the tape, whenever I go, I get amazed. Every time I read it, it's unbelievable that it can be this lopsided to yeah. the Chiefs as far as yardage game, big plays on defense, all the things we, we, we limited them to. And somehow we found a way to shoot ourselves in the leg yep. enough times to lose that game. The Eagles, we held our defense, our defense, the Chiefs defense held the Eagles to 238 yards total. Uh, they was three for 11 and third down, which is phenomenal. Uh, we forced seven punts. Of those seven punts, five of them were three and outs. Wow. Um, allowed only 21 points from a top five offense. And we sacked Jalen Hurts five times. If I tell you just those Correct. statistics, it, Every ball game, I'm going to think you win 90% of the time 100%. from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, only only stat that really, you know, jumps out that you didn't talk about was obviously the turnovers. I always talk about it on the show. Yeah. You know, the National Football League, the margin of victory is, is so small. You know, so for guys, you know, that may not understand the game of football like how we do, you know, a turnover is almost an instant way to get behind or make sure that you lose – but a turnover in the red zone, which we had two of the interception, mm-hmm. then the fumble by Trav. Those are those are are like not Help. just turnovers. <laughs> yeah, you're taking points off the board. I mean, yeah. those are huge for a game to be be lost by four points, and you have a drop touchdown, two turnovers in the red zone. I mean, you got to almost applaud Kansas City's defense. They're you know going against an elite elite offense. AJ Brown, one catch, eight yards. You know, that's an elite guy. This defense is really standing up tall. They needed the offense to support him a little bit. You talked about a defense again, so let's talk about, let's get uh, Trent McDuffie. Yeah, oh, man. Right now on the all-pro level, he ended the game up with uh, four tackles, mm-hmm. two sacks, a pass defender, and a forced fumble. And not only did he end up with stats, but his Effective. being able to use him on the edges as a lockdown corner and then slide him into the nickel so that – Ladarius Sneed can travel with A.J. Brown. Correct. And can say, like, man, listen, you watch that film. Ladarius Sneed was slapping, slapping A.J. Brown around. Like, like he ain't never had done before. And and this is not something where it was just like a guy you wasn't prepared. Like, if you watch the film. You knew he, it was coming. He's been doing it there. Justin Jefferson. Tyreek uh, Hill, Hill. Punching guys at the line. Every scrimmage. receiver who lines up, they know they're going to get Ladarius Sneed, and he's going to be a physical, physical SOB Right at the line of scrimmage, and your your release game got to be so tight to get off of him. Yeah. But he's not he's not scared. He's not he's not. There's no hesitancy in this yeah. game. It's he's super aggressive. And, and I've I've watched Coach Spagnola talk about there's some there, there's some penalties that comes along with that. So once in a while you're gonna get a a, a hand to the face or something, but you don't want to take away his aggressiveness at all. Being uh, fearful of a of a penalty. So there's some penalties that are just part of the game. And I think if he's able to continue to play that way, not that he mirrors him on every single snap, mm-hmm. but the fact that the majority of the snaps, you know that your wide receiver one is going to kind of be – Or big-time uh, snaps. Big-time snaps, kind of taken half. away from the offense. That that puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback to uh, find other um, uh, receivers or other ways to move the ball down the field. Yeah. And like we said, what we saw on Monday Night Football was it took an offense that was – Man, like, like we know how the tush push work. We know that you know it's, it's almost unstoppable, right? Instead of first and ten, they're working on first and eight. Instead of you know third and seven, it's third and five. Like it's two point two two yards less than everybody else working with. So you have to think about on first and second down, really limiting them to like less than three or four yards to give you a chance to even be effective on third and fourth. One hundred percent. And in, in the fact that we've had uh, 
McDuffie and uh, Ladarius be able to kind of combo and play so many different unique yeah. uh, combinations, it definitely allowed our defense to be very unpredictable and very effective. Well, this is the the piece that I love too. You know, you got when you have DBs that are interchangeable for the offense, it gets difficult. Yeah. You know, because one of the main things that we try to do as defenders pre-snap is disguise. Mm-hmm. We're trying to make these quarterbacks read what the defense is on a run, hopefully confuse them and have them throw in the coverage. When you got two guys like McDuffie, A, who's a heck of a tackler, this guy's tough, can play inside the box, will go tackle, go put a hit on the guy, and then you have luxurious, I call him luxurious sneak because he's a straight baller. But you have a guy like that who's big, long, physical, wants to make tackles, you know, it's something that really makes a defense special. And then, you know, we can go ahead and talk about the linebackers too while we're at I me. Mean, we got mm-hmm. five deep. How we get Drew Tranquil off the street? You know, it's like, this guy's a starter. We barely miss Nick Bolton. And, and that's that's a huge thing to say, being that he was our lead tackler last year. But, you know, this defense has depth. They have talent. They have youth. They have experience. Yeah. Pretty much all you want in the defense. And they, they're playing like a number two defense. Yeah, you talked about Drew Tranquil. Also, big play Willie Gay. Oh, uh, phenomenal. He's playing on that edge right now. And I love it. I love him as an edge rusher. Going to the edge, he brings a speed, quickness, explosiveness. Mm-hmm. That he, even even with the uh, T.J. Watts and some of the premier uh, uh, Garrett from yeah. uh, the Browns, you know some of these traditional ends. Th- this this type of explosiveness that you see from Willie Gay is, I mean, it's like the road runner. It, Correct. It, it's, that twitch, he's <laughs> quick twitch. That's yes. the first thing that jumps out on film. You're like, you know, he's playing these blocks so quickly. When you got to twitch like he does, and you're playing inside the box pullers. You know, they, they yeah. become less effective. Yeah. And, and sometimes when, you know, we're we going, we're going, we're going, we're going kind of nerd out a little bit on this linebacker position until we get to the break. But yeah. uh, when you're talking about a linebacker who's that twitchy, yeah. it's almost sometimes a negative because he's 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 making his read and he's going mm-hmm. before the offense can develop the player. And sometimes he gets to the gap too fast. Correct. And he actually beats the, the primary run defender. So it might be cloud force. It might be edge force. So somebody's waiting for that pulling guard, pulling center to get there, and I'm preparing myself. And before the guy gets there, Willie Gay comes through yeah. and freaking like blows up everything. And now it kind of like maybe puts a few guys out of the gap. Yeah. And I and I think I saw that on that big play that uh, uh, the Eagles had. It was a uh, um, they show it. It's when the uh, Kelsey kind of threw down Reed. Okay. It's a double pull to the left. Um, Willie Gay was uh, adjusted over to the weak side, and he read it perfectly. He almost flowed too fast. Well, he shot the backdoor gap. Oh, okay. Instead of flowing over, he shot the backdoor gap, and we ended up being one guy short, short on the uh, play okay. side. And oh, so Reed came up, got outside of Jason Kelsey, and yeah. then when the running back cut back, it should have been Willie Gay there, but he he read it so fast, and that, you know, that, yeah. That, that, and that's the thing; you have to be correct. I played with a guy, Derek Johnson, who oh yeah, known yeah. for you know going backdoor but was one of the best tacklers. He's yes, a guy that could tackle a leg better than probably anybody I've seen. Mm-hmm. He played at about 232, all-time leading tackler here in, in Kansas City. And really, it's an art to it. You know, yeah. I think even more than now, especially with the rules. You can't tackle, can't roll a guy. Defensive guys got their hands in the, I mean, in the bind. Yes. And it's really difficult. But, hey, Kansas City's figuring out how to get it done. Man, playmakers all over the field on this defense. Hey, when we get back, man, we're going to talk a little bit more Chiefs defense. We're definitely going to talk about – I mean, we got to talk about it. This is the – this. it's been Raider week already for about three oh, days now. So, time. at the end of this 21-17 loss, obviously we, you know, wipe our tears as fans. We, we got a long season in front of us. 
But here in Kansas City, man, when the next game is the Raiders, it becomes Raider week immediately once that clock is 0-0-0. So it's been Raider week for now three or four days. So we got to talk about the Raiders. Hey, man, get back to the second break. You're watching the process. This is the process where the process is always greater than the product. My man, Desmond Moses, we'll be right back at you. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel. We'll get right back to the show. I just need a minute to share some important news, but as always, thank you for the support. The KCSN Foundation just launched our third annual Soul of KC Holiday Raffle and Toy Drive, and it benefits Operation Breakthrough's Christmas Store. This campaign has raised more than $35,000 over the past two years, helping provide a better Christmas for kids in our community. And it's simple. We sell raffle tickets for a chance to win any of the more than 20 fantastic prizes that we have available this year. It's things like a Travis Kelsey autographed full-size Chiefs helmet, or a Chris Jones autographed jersey, a George Karloftis jersey. How about a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet? We've got gift cards to local restaurants like Capitol Grill, Mission Taco Joint, or Third Street Social. You can find the full list of prizes on our social media accounts, or you can click the link in the description of this show. Again, all of the proceeds go to buying presents for Operation Breakthrough's Christmas store, and you can get tickets now through December 4th. Help us continue to help others, because that's what the KCSN Foundation is all about. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a time for great joy, but also extra added stress to your life as well. Whether you're stressed about possibly meeting with family, traveling, or more, it can be a difficult time during the holidays. Adding something new and positive to your life can be a way to counteract some of the stress and those feelings. Therapy can be an opportunity for you to talk through some of those feelings and allow yourself to de-stress and decompress a little bit and feel better about the situation you might be in. It can help you feel more grounded and more settled in your life. Everyone deals with the stress of family, travel, financial stress, job stress during the holiday season. Instead of bottling up some of those feelings, it's best to have an opportunity to express them. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, especially during the holidays. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this holiday season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot KCSN. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey, welcome back to The Process. The Process is always greater than what it produces, man. Me and my man Desmond Moses, we're here in the building. We're going to uh, spend this segment just kind of wrapping up this, obviously, Monday Night Football. I kind of mentioned already, man, it's Raider Week. So it's 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 all focus has been already over at One Arrowhead Way um, at Arrowhead Stadium. They, they've already turned their focus uh, this game is in the books. Uh, Monday Night Football, it's it's no time to wipe your tears and be upset and be all angry. Listen, there were some penalties that were called that we can talk about, you know, the false stars, the offsides, which way did those go? But, man, at the end of the day, we don't, we don't, we're not blaming no, no referees here. You had the chance at yeah. the end of the game to make the plays. There was still, no matter all the mistakes, no matter all the, the, the shooting ourselves in the foot, the things, we, there was still an opportunity. We had the ball with less than two minutes. And we had opportunity to to make a play. Right, we had MVS down the middle of the field. Few opportunities. Go route. Uh, that would have been a touchdown to put us up by three points. Uh, we didn't make the play, and so at the end of the day, we take the L. But we still, man, we still there's there's a there's a lot of discussion here in Chiefs Kingdom about the wide receiver room. Yeah. And so we'll talk about that right now, man. Um, I was when I was here with the Chiefs, 2003. Uh, I was introduced to an offense where we had. Tony Gonzalez. We had Priest Holmes. We had one of the best offensive line here in, I think, the history of Kansas City with Willie Rolfe, um, Brian Waters, et cetera. Uh, Will Shields, definitely um, Casey Wigman. So with with those guys up front, with Priest Holmes and, and T. Rich being the fullback, mm-hmm. uh, and Tony Gonzalez as a tight end, I mean, we moved the ball up and down the field, uh, man, like hot knife through butter almost yeah, for sure. all That's season long. Guys. And there was always this struggle or this conversation about where is the number one wide receiver in that offense? We had Eddie Kennison, Mark Bowrichter, Johnny Morton, and maybe Dante Hall was part of that that regime. But there was no Randy Moss, mm-hmm. Jerry Rice, no 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 dominant wide receiver like that. And so we had a discussion uh, internally. You know, locker rooms are locker rooms, but sure. yeah. is there really a need for a number one receiver if the offense can still be so effective uh, controlling the line of scrimmage? possession ball we were really smart we led the league I think in uh turnover ratio when it comes to your you know game turnovers lost turnovers so like you said you talked about turnover man that's the that's the equalizer right that's the always the equalizer uh but let's let's talk about some of those wide receiver rooms you were part of yeah um it's 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 interesting because I compare you know I always compare Patrick to Aaron Rodgers those are the two quarterbacks I had in my career yeah my rookie year I was I was with Aaron Rodgers and you know, he had a receiving core made up of Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Greg Jennings, mm. James Jones, uh, uh, Jermichael Finley. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, Jordy, Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson. Was a young gun. You know, so he had truly three, four, maybe five number ones. Yes, yes. And how easy he made it look. There were times in, in games where he'd come over to the defense and just say, hey, get that rock back. I got you. And he knew he was that confident that these guys would get open A and that he could get them the football. And then, you know, you've seen him some years removed when those weapons kind of trickled away. Mm. Cobb left, you know, Greg left, uh, James left, mm-hmm. all of these guys. J- Jermichael retired. His got, his job got tougher. He started to press a little bit. You saw some injuries. So really this becomes my greatest fear for Kansas City. Will Patrick start to press? Mm. Being that he's got to not only try to, you know, put the ball on these guys, but now he's trying to make it catchable, <laughs> you know? Yes. It's like you can't throw guys open like how you – I grew up watching – professional ball catchers, guys like Irvin Fryer, who oh my goodness. Did yes. drills for hours at the practice 
to assure his hand. Chris Carter. Yeah. Chris Carter. Yeah. You know, Randy Mosses. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald. Like, yes. I, yes. I was a wide receiver. You know, we talked about it. I was all state wide receiver in high school. I could, on one hand, count the number of balls I dropped in practice, let alone my career in high school. We took it personal. I don't see that same type of passion for these young guys. You know, I think so much emphasis has been placed on speed and all these different things that don't have anything to do with football. Mm -hmm. When the game starts, and now we're kind of seeing a little bit of it because I would say at least half of those balls should have been caught. And that's the reason why you really need a number one receiver in crunch time and playoff time. That margin of of error is so small. DBs are much tighter. It's a little more handsy. You got to go make a catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to bail you out when it's, when it's crunch time. That's the fact. So I just hope Kansas City can maybe find a piece. Obviously, this is a tough time to do it, being that yeah. trade deadlines pass. But. And, and I think some of the things we're seeing is not even trade and skill lack. Like yeah. we know at this level, to like get focus. to get to this point, these guys have to be able to catch the ball. It's not, it's not even a doubt, can they catch it? It's just at the moment in time when it's your turn to step up and the ball is coming to you, do you lose a minute, a second? Does your focus deviate just that small amount because now you're trying to uh, think about what you're going to do after you catch like that? Right. You know, instead of instead that of hit that's coming. Yes, yeah, whatever it is, right? Whatever, yeah. Or um, you know, the, the the route concept that you are you worried about running the route concept to the point where now you turn around and you you haven't prepared yourself mentally to start catching the ball because you were worried about running the route. Yeah. So all of those things kind of come into play. And it and it's, and it's still it's, it's back to the you know it's a young receiver group. These are a group of young receivers, but it's not a, it's not using the word young to say that they don't have the skill, they don't have the ability to be great receivers. It's like they just don't have the experience mm-hmm. to be put in the place and the I wanna, time. I, I want to ask you this and, and bounce this off you because I always you know being that I, my first four years I spent with Andy with Eb, Eb was the guy. Mm. E.B. was known and, yeah. and kind of openly known, even his reputation yeah. with, with the Washington commanders, whatever they call themselves now. He's the enforcer. Mm-hmm. He had a natural respect. and He'll go toe-to-toe with anybody to stand on. I've seen him stand up next to Jay Charles, and still to this day, them two men love each other. So it wasn't a disrespect, but mm-hmm. the accountability factor was there at a really, really high level. And he's really the only piece that that that's missing. I mean... I mean, those guys last year were, were okay receivers. Yes. But we can't call them, you know, true number one. Yes. Juju and, you know, yeah. they weren't huge impact guys, but they had an impact because of how consistent and, you know, that accountability. You don't go to how effective we were last year to the amount of drops we have in this year because we removed Juju. Mm-hmm. Right. It can't be. Correct. It, is, it can't be just that. So it has to be a a environmental change. Absolutely. And sometimes removing a certain coach, a certain, uh, I'm not going to say I feared any coach, Yeah. but I had a, I had an amount of pressure and respect for a certain coach that I didn't really want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear him writing about me. I don't want to hear him calling me out on film. I don't. So it put more pressure on me to perform at practice each and every day at a certain level. And then the game became easy. Right. Right. Maybe that, 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 that extra nudge, that extra poke, that little, you know, who got eyes on you mm-hmm. is just Absolutely. not being there on an everyday, you know, practice facility type method. And we know this, that, that we are our practice habits. Right? Oh, yeah. So so if we're practicing lackluster or we're practicing and, and we don't hold ourselves accountable for what seems like a harmless drop in practice or in mm-hmm. peace, 
EB wasn't here. From the time you stepped onto that grass surface, you better be ready. Locked in. You better be locked, locked in. in. And and look at this. Look at who's the top passion in the NFL right now. Yes. Yep. Kid out of kid out of uh, Washington. <laughs> Commanders. Uh, so he definitely brought something to that organization. Absolutely. Uh, there was a phrase EB used. A lot of his players and teammates knew it. He talked about straining the finish. Mm. Straining the finish. That means like playing through the whistle um, on the practice field, finishing finishing plays, running backs, catch the ball in the flat, you're going to burst 25, 30 yards up the field. Right. Even right. when you didn't – I mean, it was it was like, yeah, no one's there to tackle you, but that that's just the mindset that was being – Finish. Interjected on a every day, every practice, it just changes your mindset just that much to to be able to strain through the finish. And this is the beauty of what he did, because he was one of those guys, a real player, a real coach. It didn't matter who you were. You know, there's some coaches who will pick mm. and choose who to regulate, and then there's some guys you say across the board. Like I said, I've seen him go toe to toe with Jamal yep. to start in his prime. And it wasn't to show them up. It was to show everybody else that we're holding everybody at the same level of, you know, and standard. And, you know, I always had a lot of respect for him. He's a frat brother, one of my All right. my uncles. So, you know, just my whole life, I've, I've always heard the stories, how he went about his business. I don't know, Kansas City, you know, they might miss him. We'll say that. <laughs> we'll say that. Respect to him. All right, all right. Well, hey, that's how we're looking for some answers in the receiver room. Uh, at the end of the day, maybe it's just uh, some practice habits need to be uh, you know, whipped in shape or something like that. But at the end of the day, we still know it's a long season. Yeah. The the ability is in that room. I I I don't I don't think there's a lack of ability. There need, doesn't need to be a, a personnel change. It's just like we said, an accountability, responsibility. Maybe some things need to be done in between drills, something like that, yeah. just to let guys know, hey, there is a solution to this problem, and we got to be willing to do it. Who's the veteran? You know, you got to ask that question. That's so right. who's there's always a veteran. I had Tom Ali. I had Justin Houston. You know, in Green Bay, I had Clay. If if you weren't playing to that standard, you were in that room. There were there was a guy, yes, with that experience, with that respect level, that generally could challenge you and say, "Hey, come on, man." I like that. Like a long season, long season. So obviously, listen, man, we, we can't go any further without acknowledging what this is right now. And I'm gonna we're gonna say this probably about ten times throughout the show, but it's Raider Week. That's it, it is what it is. It's it's it, it comes twice a year. Uh, Kansas City gets all amped up for it. Everybody wants to hear about all the Raiders stories, all the uh, different things. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, one of the Raiders stories that just jumps into my mind, every time I even say it's Raider week, <laughs> I imagine myself coming off the edge. It's a uh, uh, it's a blitz package. Okay. Uh, we got a Willie Blitz. Will Linebacker comes off the edge. Um, they, they came out in a, in a double tight formation, so we, we checked uh, – uh, we, we we checked it for both guys to come. Okay. And Gannon, at the time it was Rich Gannon, he went to a uh, max protect. Okay. Well, the tight end. It's crazy the detail you remember. <laughs> uh, we hear him go max protect, max, max, max. The tight end didn't get it. Okay. He releases to run his option route. So you're naked. You come off I'm, I'm naked. <laughs> naked. And he naked. And he already realized it. Backside. Uh, backside. Whew. I put my helmet right in his shoulder. Mm. I take him down. I hear him. At the end of oh, right hit the ground. There's all the all everything that's left his body at that moment, man. Uh they come and get him. That was the last snap for him as far as that season. Wow. Uh, he rehabbed back, came back the next season. I think in the preseason, maybe he called it a career. Yeah. So take no pride in ending a man's career, especially a guy like Rich Gannon, who's yeah. played so many many years of football. But I mean, we're out there to do a job and play hard nosed, tough football, uh, whistle to whistle. 
Uh, and that's the kind of detail, the attention to detail you have to have on both sides because if you don't do your job, people get hurt. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things somebody asked me, hey, Barbara, like at the end of the day, like what, what really drove you to be a really good football player? And I guess that, like it wasn't about my skill and ability. I, I was in fear that me not being in the right alignment, mm-hmm. assignment, and I didn't execute, it would cause one of my teammates to get hurt. Correct. That, you know, that, that's, a, that's a crazy story that you tell me. Because again, like you said, it's the accountability factor. Yeah. You didn't want to let your guys down. People ask me my transition from college being at Tulane to the NFL. And surprisingly, I always tell them it's easy. It was easier. I was challenged to make plays not only in my spot at Tulane, mm-hmm. but I was challenged. You know, my coach said, hey, if you want to come out of Tulane and go to the league, you can't just make your plays. You have to pop out on film. You got to go to the other side and make, you got to run guy. You have to be in every defensive frame for the entire game. I was like, wow. You know, it wasn't about until about week six of my senior year where Coach Henderson told me, he's like, now that's what I'm talking about. And it wasn't the biggest game. It wasn't, you know, statistically the largest game for me. I think I had a sack, maybe a TFL. But it was the energy that I brought. And going from that, having to do that and have that responsibility to go to Green Bay, I'm playing next to Casey Hayward, A.J. Hall, mm-hmm. B.J. Raji. You know, I'm making checks with Charles Wilson, uh, Morgan Burnett, and and – my job was no longer to make plays on the other side of the field. It was to be in my gap. Yeah, I'm like, shoot, I can get my gap 100% of the time <laughs> and make my plays. That's what it came down to. But accountability is what would allow me to be an undrafted free agent, playing with a, a guy that I looked up to my whole life in Charles Wilson. Him calling me over, I always tell this story, you know, he's like, Mo, he calls me over in the weight room. He's like, you're going to help us win some games this year. This was OTAs, I'm an undrafted free agent. I hadn't made the team yet. So I'm like, this come from Mr. Charles Woodson. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, he knows something. I mean, it played out just like that. I helped the team win some games. And um, if not for Kaepernick and those guys, when they had to buy, they came out with a new playbook, man. It was, we probably would have won a Super Bowl. And that would have been back-to-back for them. You know, yeah, special team. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, man, we're going to get another break in real quick. And then in the last segment, we're going to talk a little bit more stories about Rod Woodson, Andy Reid, uh, just different um, people in our lives have kind of led us along the way in some of our different interactions with that. Once again, you're listening to The Process, where the process is always greater than the product. We are also always, man, so appreciative of the McGinnis Group for their title sponsorship. We'll be right back at you. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. There's so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL action and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more, you name it, they've got it. Looking at the early lines for the Chiefs versus the Raiders. Chiefs, eight and a half point favorites on the road over under set at 43 and a half. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet five on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. 
See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash football terms. Welcome back to the process, where the process is always greater than what it produces. Again, man, 10-year vet Sean Barber, my man Desmond Moses with us. And we just going to keep rolling into these stories, man. All of our listeners on social media, man, we love the feedback. We love the comments. And all the only thing I hear all the time is, man, more stories, more stories, more stories. I want to hear about when y'all was in the locker room and everything. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take this third segment to kind of dial back and go back into some of these stories y'all want to hear about. So, I mean, I'm going to start out with, like, listen, we started talking in the break about the fine system, different yeah. guys getting fined. So you don't know it, but I'm actually the uniform inspector. For, the I'm the leader. popo. I'm the popo for Arrowhead Stadium. So I was telling him, going over some of the fines that uh, some of our guys got, and he was like, yeah, man, I remember, you know, getting fined and how that process works. Uh, a lot of people think that the fines are something where, you know, you accumulate fines and at the end of the year right. uh, you owe the league money. Or it's optional. To uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to make a donation? No, it, it's taking out your check before you even get the check. So before you get your Tuesday check, mm-hmm. inside that same envelope is a little letter, a little FedEx that says you've been uh, uh, fined a, a certain amount of money. And so that check is just a little bit light. Yeah. And when I say a little bit, back in the day, I think for us it was like 1500 It was $1,000. A big fine was like twenty five hundred, mm. and now the fine started twenty five hundred. Well, I had to find, you know, I hit Tom Brady instantly in the conference game. I'm gonna see if you know how much it was because I it actually was, know it how much 30. it was. It was thirty, and then he got reduced to seventeen five, I believe. Seventeen three six three. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> it got reduced to seventeen three six three. Yeah. I looked I mean, it up, man. That's tough. Tough in the passer versus Tom Brady in that's the playoff a, game. Yes, sir. It had was, to get him. Man, that was my last play on defense. Did you get your but, money's worth? No, I didn't. <laughs> Honestly, that's the thing. It was like you know, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. dirty? No, you know, everybody has a ton of respect for Tom Brady, obviously, but you know, he has that type of power. It was one of them plays where I hit him a step late. No, no flags yeah. came out initially till he looked at the ref and said, "What's up?" Yeah, and the ref, you know, the flight. What? Right. That was that, might, that, that was a half a step. Yeah. You know what? You that might have been a half a step. Thirty thousand later. Yeah. Oh, man. So, all right, you didn't get your money's worth out of it. And at the end of the day, you know, the fine. At, so so we can talk about these fines, man. Guys today are getting fined. It, listen, even if we go back to, I mean, it's Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. There were a few times I saw Fletcher Cox knee on Patrick's neck. Uh, there was a time after Pat threw the ball where somebody came with a form yeah. his back and kind of slapped him down. And I can understand if I'm the ref, I'm behind the play. The ball leaves, I kind of follow the play, so then I lose Correct. a little bit of vision on the quarterback. And I, I would say, man, there are teams that just take advantage of that. They like the, the Eagles just took advantage of that. Now, we did get a penalty late in the game against Fletcher Cock for yeah. roughing the pass, and that, that, that was a – I think that was probably less egregious than the other two things he did. But all in all, like I, I think they did a good job of pressing the envelope. They – they were physical. They Very were physical, so. and they made it to the point where, you know, if you're a ref, do you want to call this every time? Right, right. And then it makes it, you know, subjective in their mind. Well, you know, I didn't call it last time, and this wasn't worse than that, so I can't call it this time. Well, you you know as, as well as I do, you know, it also depends who you are. You know, and the Eagles have some of those names, mm-hmm. like you just said, a Fletcher Cox, a 15 year. These guys are gonna get the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes, person, yeah. young guy, they're gonna let them. Hey, you know, the refs they have memories too. They remember when these guys could. Hit quarterbacks, and you know sometimes I think they they feel bad for the old time quarterbacks. But you know there's some hits too that obviously doing your job. There's fines that come out on hits or plays. Excuse me, that don't go flagged. 
Yes, yes. Sometimes you just think you had a clean game. <laughs> and you come out on Tuesday and your check is is, is light, it's short. And that is the worst. That's the that's worst. worse than getting the flag. Because the flag, you, you know something yeah. might be coming. Sometimes it's just a play. NFL saw something, and they'll send you that, that invoice. Well, Kareem Jackson knows all about that. Uh, yeah. That hit he had on Dobbs. Uh, that was tough. Not only did he get fined, but he got suspended four more games. I mean, he's potentially one personal foul away from being suspended for a whole season wow. now. Uh, just because of the number of times he's uh, led with his helmet. So, again, I'll, me and you, I don't think neither one of us look at our worst days. We wasn't that vicious, valor and everything. We, yeah. I mean, we, we played we played a pretty physical style, but for sure, it, there there are ways to do it, and there are ways where you just, man, what are you doing? Like, yeah. like that that you, you're you're exposing yourself to injury, and you're trying to like seriously injure this other dude yeah. by taking shots to the head. Uh, I, I was never. Yeah, I, I like a physical brand of football, but I'm never yeah. trying. I mean, I, I've seen Ryan Shazier. I've seen mm-hmm. players lose the ability to walk. I've Absolutely. seen parallels there. So, I had a teammate at Tulane the year after I left, and um, he, he, I mean, you yeah. guys doing phenomenal, but just a freak hit like that. Yeah. One freak hit. And that's what the NFL is trying to get away from. Even seeing some of our brothers post-career, you know, the effect that those residual yeah. head hits they have. It, you know, to say it has no effect is like to say a, a lifetime smoker has no, yes. you know, no, no effect. About it. It's good to go. You yeah. know, it, there's some toll that takes place for sure. And this is a sacrifice that guys take, whether they know it now or know when we're 18. You know, once we become pros, you pretty much sign up for it. But Remember, it's part of it's part of this part deal. of it. Yeah. So but let's try to protect your brothers. No doubt. Let's, so let's talk about. So I, I played under Andy Reid. You had a chance to play. So like I said, we got a lot of things in common. Uh, we don't just both look good. We <laughs> both got we both got January birthdays. I'm, yeah. I'm the 14th, you the fourth. Yeah. Uh, so we got a lot of you know, this Capricorn thing going on. So a lot a lot of things that we have in, in common. Uh, but um, uh, one of my experiences with Andy Reid was when I got to Philadelphia. Uh, I was a free agent coming from the Redskins. Okay. I played the, you know the Commanders, like we said, whatever you want to call them. Um, so I get there and I'm you know coming off of an injury and I'm trying to get initiated uh, Ron Rivera was my linebacker coach yeah. uh, Jim Johnson rest in peace was our coordinator and he was just telling me about this blitz package you got to be up on it and the adjustments is going fast we, we come after we're very aggressive pressing all across the field man we, we are the intimidators uh, we're the hammer never the nail it was like this whole concept about how his defense was just going to be super super aggressive and so from my, my practice demeanor I'm trying to look look around and observe I'm yeah. trying to figure out where I belong where I'm a ro- and things were just 100 miles an hour. Sure, sure. The second we crossed that line, helmets on. Nobody took their helmet off the entire practice. Wow. Uh, shirt tails tucked in. All the way in. Uniforms to the T. No streamer towels. Like, like. I mean, we all look like like some clones. Like <laughs> Star Wars. Like <laughs> the, the clones on Star Wars. Like we look yeah. like droids out there. And it was just phenomenal to see how e- effective and efficient a practice could be run. When it's done and everybody like is there's no individualism. No. Everybody's just part of the system. Let's get it done. The checks and motions and and uh, um, everybody's in and out of stuff. And I was like, man, this is this is great. This yeah. is great to be a part of it. And uh, I do realize, like you know, about seven days into it, I think I forgot to tuck my shirt tail in. Right, right. And Andy, uh, he when I signed with the Eagles, like I said, the coordinator, he kind of leaves the defense alone. Like he doesn't all, all really. Yeah. He's an offensive minded dude, so he didn't say a word to me. For the first couple of days and so day seven I come over and I think I forgot to tuck my shirt tail in and I'm running around making plays whatever and I knock a ball down and I'm celebrating yeah and I kind of walk past him he's like hey man good play good play uh tuck your shirt tail in and I'm like 
And, and then when I say he said good play, he might not. I might be giving him too much. He might, he might not even say yeah, good play. He might say yeah. he might just say hey, tuck your shirt tail. Right, like, right, right. like we don't we don't dress like that around here. Correct. Kind of so uh, I know you got some. I mean, Man, you know I had a very similar story. My first, you know, we were. I came from Green Bay, and, and we were a good team. So we had some. You know, we had some freedoms. Yeah, yeah some, for sure. Some alphas I mean, out there. It was almost a contest to see how swaggy we could get gotcha. coming out and grit. We had the white cleats. We we were ordering cleats for practice. That's our street. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And Mike is like, yo, I don't care what you guys got on. I just need you to bring a game. So instantly we like, oh, say no more. You know, we like literally guys were cleaner for practice than they were for the games, you know. So I'm coming from that environment. I'm a starter, a little bit of an ego. I've been wearing my jersey up, you know, oh, yeah, tucked yeah. into my past since a kid, since Pop Warner, Wilbur, New Jersey, right out mm-hmm. there. First day of practice, you know, he said, you know, this little little, little scrawny kid runs over. I'm assuming he's equipment or, you know. Yeah. One of these guys, not a higher up. He's like, hey, man, um, uh, tuck your shirt. I'm like, dude, if you don't get away, I'm thinking he's messing with me. Like, I'm thinking like, you know, we in, we in Indies, it's 100 degrees. I'm like, you, you, I know you miss him. He kind of looks off in the distance. And Andy's standing 150 yards mm-hmm. away with his arms crossed like this. No smile. Very serious. Do it now. I was like, oh, it's time to turn. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, and that this was my welcome to Kansas yeah, City. He was this like, is how they do it here. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the way he, he goes about his business. He runs a very scripted practice. It's long. It's on time. And, you know, he wants to get his reps. That's just the way he's become one of the best coaches of all time, especially offense coordinators. And that little redhead person was. Yeah. Oh, well, no, that's a different oh, story. Oh, that's a different story. Yeah, well, his son, you know, I didn't know I didn't know Britt was his son when I first got there. Again, this is my first week. Yeah. I came in as part of an eight-man um, waiver with Ron Parker and um, some really good players, Jay Howard. Howard. Yeah, Jay Howard. And we're still getting the feel of it. You know, we don't, we don't know the tempo. We don't know any of these things. So, you know, I'm in the pass rush, and, you know, the white dude comes over. He's like, hey, man, to try to work something other than a long arm. I'm like. Dude, I'm trying to work a long arm. That's the whole meal's in. Like, <laughs> that's I'm my move. The move, right? That's you know my what I'm move. Saying? I'm like, yo, how many, you know, how many rushes you're having? You know, you being a, a young 25 year old kid, you yep. feeling yourself, yep. you yep. smelling yourself. And he's like, oh, okay, it's like that. <laughs> Walks away, like almost too calm. Mm-hmm. You know, probably 40, 45 minutes later, somebody calls him Little Red. You know, referring to this guy who I just, I'm like, why are y'all calling him Little Red? They're like, bro, that's Andy's son. I'm like, Andy who? Andy Reid. I'm like, okay, I just told Andy Reid something to scrap. Yeah, bro. You know, but me and obviously Britt, we, we four years together, we yes. got to grow a relationship yes. and, and really get a great feel for one another. But these are just the things, you know, the egos and, and, and parts of the sports that sometimes is humbling. You know, for me, that was something I look back and say, definitely could have handled a, a, a different way. And that's how I advise kids to this day, you know, yeah. Yeah. be humble. Because you never know who's who. And I know, right. you know you got to have an attitude and the confidence built in you to make it to that level. But you also want to have that humble, grateful attitude built into you. So, you know, everything works out for you. Yeah, that's great. You never know. Big red, little red. You yeah. got to know, hey, man, when you get into the building, when you never get to know. the building, know, know who you're talking to. Know who you're talking to. Uh, man, so obviously, man, again, man, Raid a Week. Um, I told some stories about Gannon. Uh, man, what we, we, we you, you mentioned. Rod Woodson being able to be on the Charles field. Wilson. Charles Woodson. Yeah, Charles Woodson. Rod Woodson was great too. But. Yeah. Uh Charles Woodson being on the on the field with him. So one of the guys I had an opportunity, like, man, growing up, I was a 49ers fan. So I'm from uh-huh. Richmond, Virginia, University of Richmond Spider. Shout out to the East Coast, obviously. Um, 
but I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a 49ers fan. Roger Craig, Tom Rathman, all those guys. But the one guy who I watched every Sunday was Jerry Rice. Yeah, I was told he never gets out of shape. He trains 20, 20, I mean, 24 hours a day, 12 months out the year, over and over again. Man, never gets out of shape. There is no off season. Right. You you have an NFL career and you stay in shape during that career. And so going into the the, the league, I was like, man, I want to condition and train myself like. I believe Jerry Rice does. Right. So once the season was over, man, I take two weeks off, do a cold tub and all that, but then boom, find a way to get right back into training. And the lack of fatigue and the uh, going into training camp already with my legs up under me, never having that, you know, after a few days, everybody talks about you get the heavy legs, yeah, cement yeah. feet and all that kind of stuff. Man, through 10 years in the NFL, I, I never experienced that because I was in this Jerry Rice mode. I was always thinking that was the way to cut myself from a different cloth or be, you know, separate myself from everybody else was my level of fitness. Yeah. So going to my last year, uh, not my last year, but my second year with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think we was playing uh, at the Raiders and they had acquired Jerry Rice, one of the wow. years, you know, he still had the... The braids? Yeah. He, he was still holding on to <laughs> the braids? He was still holding the, the receding hairline and the holding on to... But again, one of the number one receivers in the history of yeah. the NFL... He signs with the Raiders. He's there for a couple seasons. And to be able to just be on a field, warming up and play a snap when he's lining up against him, that was my full circle. That was the me that was me for a few snaps. Just couldn't I couldn't even get myself aligned in the sign because I was just kind of oh, gazing yeah. at my mentor, my idol, everything I thought of this game was gonna provide for me in my life he embodied. Yeah. And so to be able to line up on the field and see Jerry Rice across the ball. Yeah. That was just that was it was so surreal for me. Uh and that was one of the that was one of the maybe only maybe only times I felt myself just like kind of the moment was too big for me. I, I needed to yeah. check myself out of the game and you know get myself get, together. Like, get myself together and say hey man, I'm if he catch that slant, I'm gonna put him out like anybody. Like, right, 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 right. I'm gonna hit him too. But I'm gonna help Jerry. Up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna definitely help Jerry. Help up. Jerry up. Yeah. Uh, so any any of those with, with Woodson? Yeah, honestly, you know, my first year back here was his first year back in Oakland, you know, so. Okay, because he had two stints with, with two. Yep, he started, I believe he had five-year run with Oakland, then he was in Green Bay for a stint, and then he went back to Ultra. Right. So the year he went back was the year I came to Kansas City, which put us in the same division. Mm. You know, so to see a guy who I'd already, you know, mentored me in, in, in some extent, obviously I looked up to my whole life. It's still, you know, it, it, like you said, I was in awe to see him at his age to be playing with such grace. You know, Charles Wilson was still punching balls out in his That's right. Season. That's right. You know, he was a ball hawk. If you ever seen one, the peanut Tillman and all that. Yeah, he gets the credit. Peanut Tillman gets the credit, the credit but, but Woodson made it an art. He he, did, and he made it look good. Correct. Yeah. Very smooth. I mean, this brother didn't even practice. I, Charles Wilson didn't even practice. Like, like, hey, I said, not a game, not a game, not a game. <laughs> yeah. Brother didn't. Yeah. You know, and that's just not that he wasn't in tune. He would come through a walkthrough at the beginning of the practice. He kind of disappear and go off and do his. But to see him be able to repeat that process every single day, every single Sunday at his age. I mean, it was clear the dedication, but but seeing him come back to Oakland and playing them on that old nasty baseball field slash football field. It was still a cool moment. Super nostalgic because I, I grew up watching him on that same field. Now I'm playing. My idol, very, very, like you said, 360 moment. Yeah. 
Um, I think I just looked up and, and thank God at one point, like, is this, you know, sometimes you got to pinch yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. as a pro, like, is this real? You know, because it is, it's, it's truly a moment, a lot of times of gratitude when you, you know, all of those things, all of the work you put in comes full circle. Man, you got to just say your prayers sometimes really and be thankful. Man, the gratitude, the attitude, the perseverance, ready for everything, man. A bunch of nuggets of wisdom. But man, like we said, man, this is Raider week. And so we're going to talk a little bit about who our Chiefs are preparing for uh, this weekend. The Las Vegas Raiders, right? Uh, we're, we're traveling to Vegas, take care of business. Uh, Pat Mahomes, after a loss, is 15-3 and three yeah. in his career. Uh, 15 wins, three losses. So, obviously, he knows how to focus back in, uh, how not to allow one loss to triple yeah. on and stay in your mind too much. You got to rinse, repeat. Well, he's the best. He's the best. That's what makes him special. I think he has all of those intangibles we talk about. Yes, he does. Being around his father, being around professionals. He knows how to clear his head, lock in. He's going to play lights out this week. Yeah, some of the things we're going to expect to see, obviously our defense, um, we talked about LeJarrius Sneed following the one, so maybe he uh, mirrors Devontae Adams. Yeah, um, that's a great matchup. Man. Other than that, uh, obviously we would love to see uh, maybe some back-to-back performance from Chris Jones. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jones definitely got at the, the Eagles. Uh, in, that was one, in that one series, man, he, he ate enough for uh, you know, a whole game in that one Correct. series. Correct, yeah. Uh, I think two sacks out of three plays. Just a dominant force, man. Obviously, uh, his presence on the D-line, he has to be accounted for. He moves all over the place. He plays interior, exterior on the edge. He's um, a freak, man. He, his his first year was my last year, so I got to go through. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, can't with him and spend some time seeing him working. He was just a young guy mm-hmm. coming out of college. But to see a man so large, so tall, with but be able to get athletic and, and be slippery, it's hard to even, you know, to say it, but to see a guy get skinny at his size, I mean, Chris Chris Jones is something special, man. Even that sack where he turned the corner, yep. you got to think, this is a 330-pound guy. Most guys will fall on their face if you told him to sprint sideways. Yeah. He came off a chip block, turned the corner like a 250-pound guy, and went me to play. It's kind of like a combination of a Michael Strahan mm-hmm. plus a Bruce Smith, but the freakiness of a Javon Curse. Yeah. Like, 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 like it's, it's attributes of all three of those guys kind of Packaged yeah. into this 300 pound freak of nature. This has these long levers. Yeah, you can't never get into his frame. No, the, the offense, whether it's double team or you can't hold him if you wanted to. You, it, you you never get into his frame, and he's always just working a half man on you and stuff. So nightmare for offenses. I don't I don't even understand how they think about game planning against him because two three men. That's what it. That's he, what the he, game. He will plan. ruin your game plan, right? Just even when he's blocked, he ain't kind of yeah. thing. Um, so that's going to be something that the Raiders have to deal with. Um, and then obviously our linebacker, right? Willie, Willie Gay, Tranquil, mm-hmm. uh, Leo Chenault, the guys that we know. Are, playing well too. They're, they're all three playing at a really high level. Oh, oh, man, across the board, when we talk about this Chiefs defense, it's like, yeah, we have guys that are, we talk about in the all-pro, like the generic, the Ladarius Sneed and uh, Trent McDuffie, mm-hmm. but even the guys we, and, and Chris Jones, but even the guys we don't talk about in the all-pro level, Man, we talk about all the explosive plays by Willie Gay and Tranquil is playing out his mind. And you talk about Mike Dana and Turner. Dana's playing really solid. Right. Uh, the Greek Freak is having a great second season. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, and we haven't even talked about two safeties, right? right? Justin Reed and Bush. Man, it's almost like the next man up. Every person, they're just, uh, uh, they're just growing and evolving defensively as a, such a complete unit. It, it's no... Um, if I can just hold this person down, we got a chance of moving the ball. Correct. 
the, the second you you focus too much on Chris Jones, you got Thanks, three man. other guys yeah. coming after you, right? And that's the beauty. I think they're taking on the personality or they're decoordinated. You yeah. know, Spags. I've seen study interviews of him and the way he talks. A selfless guy. Even even the way he answers the question. Yes, it's never about him. It's always about his defense. If there's responsibility to be had or, or accountability, he's the one that he always steps up. So. Now you're starting to see a personnel. It's, it's in their personality. These guys are trusting one another, and they're in a lot of zone. If you watch Kansas City, these guys are always got their head back to the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, as a defender, we know we love that. Shoot, I get to go hit guys. Yeah. You know, they get to do all the work now, and we get to go, you know, put our helmets on some guys. But it's, it's. I think it just has to go right back to that. Spags has these guys not only believing in one another, but they're believing in themselves. No matter who you are, whether you're an undrafted free agent like. You know, the the last guy on the defensive roster or you're a star like Chris Jones coming in a week late with the confidence to be be ready and go make plays. I mean, since he's touched the ground here, he's been ready. Yeah, Spag as a game planner, it seems like Beautiful. Spag is not game planning depending on the personnel he's putting on the field. Yeah. No matter who you are, you're expected to go ahead and do a job and do it at a high level. Right. And they're practicing that way. Like you're saying, from a disguise standpoint, a shell standpoint, yep. you're seeing too high, but they're playing man out of it. They're playing... Uh, one high safety, but they're playing zones out of yep. it. They have half the field in the zone, the other half in the man. Um, so many different variations. That's causing a little bit of gray area, a little bit of hesitation on where the ball should be delivered, yeah. and that's allowing that pressure to get there. And then even when you don't need the extra second, Chris Jones gets there immediately. Right. Like, I mean, so it's like offensively, it's got to have you scratching your head a little bit of how you're going to try to attack this Chiefs defense. Right. And when I look at the, the Raiders, unfortunately, I don't think they have the – quarterback to no you got to have an elite quarterback in this league now I mean we can we can say what we want you know we could talk about Brock Purdy's not like have to have an elite quarterback in this day and age in the NFL in order to really be a team that succeeds down the stretch because you know you look at the Raiders man even you know the guys they brought in the Derek Carrs which who I, thought, I thought he was an okay quarterback I didn't think he was going to take them over the top but you look at the top five teams in the league and they generally have the top five receivers or excuse me, the top uh, top five quarterbacks, Eagles, uh, Kansas City, Baltimore, mm-hmm. you know, and whoever else you want to put up there, I guarantee you they got a top five quarterback, but that's just part of the league now, and it's the nature of the business. Yeah. And so, have a real guy. Defensively, we, we would say that, if I, you know, going to any game, uh, if a team would like to have success against us, it has to be with the ground game. Because right. if, you, if you throw the ball too much, you are opening yourself up to uh, – Ladarius, you open yourself up to McDuffie to being pressured by our up front and our guys underneath. So um, you would think that the running game is the way to, right? You have to, you have to, you have to create a a game where you're you're gonna have running backs run for over a hundred yards. And yeah. Josh Jacobs, I mean, he's he's he was last year, I think, the the, the leader in yardage as far as the NFL. So uh, he has the ability. Unfortunately for the Raiders, they haven't really put him in a position to to be that guy this year. Yeah. So it might be the the the, the difference in being uh, Josh McDaniels as the head coach to now going to uh, Antonio Pierce is I know AP. I played with him at the right. he was a teammate right. of mine at the Redskins. Tough nose man. I used to watch. Coached him. Uh, under Spagnola for a year. I think with with the with the Giants. He played for him at the Giants. So I think our you know we 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 all have a feel of what that mindset is. From an ex linebacker being a head coach, like right. you say, tough nose, hard nose, ground and pound, yeah, right, run Controlling the ball, the clock. Yeah. Yeah, do all the things that this you know are an example of his personality. 
So what is what are some of the things you think, you know, we need to look forward to seeing as far as their offense? I mean, I think it's going to be just that. I don't think that they can – they don't even believe they can beat Kansas City in a, in a flat-out passing game. So for them, they got to lean on their run game. And, and anybody that knows, you know, anything about football, if you can run the ball, it generally opens up the pass, whether that's play action, whether that's straight drop back. If you can run the ball effectively, and when I say effectively, that's four-plus yards on the play. As a defense, we know you give up four yards on a run, that's a loss. Yes, that's a loss. You give up three or less, that's a win. Yeah. Same for the offense, flip side. So if you can keep these guys off schedule for Kansas City, that's what they're going to try to do mm-hmm. because the Raiders are going to try to run, run early, have success, and take their shots. They got number you know, number one wide receiver, arguably in the NFL. He's going to make a tough catch. I guarantee you that. And then, and then flip the script on the defensive side, they got the – like. When I watch film of Max Crosby, oh, I love him. Love it, it's 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 nothing you can't. It's, there's nothing about his game, his energy, his emotion, his pursuit, his technique, yeah. fundamentals. Like like he, he goes power to speed. He goes speed to power. He has a counter move, pursuit like like everything that you dream of. Yeah, just punch you in the mouth. You know, it's nasty, nasty, right? And he knows it. So, yeah, so the, the 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 arrogance on top of everything, the, yeah. the tools are just amazing. So, I I I, I kind of would would like to see us hold him down. But I mean, he gonna get some plays. You just can't let him wreck your offense, right? Correct. Correct. I think he's a guy. You know, he and Patrick Mahomes has a history, right? Oh yeah. So I think it's gonna be something to watch early on in the game. That storyline, Max Crosby versus Patrick Mahomes. You talked about the refs allowing a little bit extra after the pass. Yeah. Well, Max Crosby going to take some and some more. You know, he's one of those guys. He presses the line. And for some people, they don't love him. He's my type of player. That's what I grew up watching, guys that play with all the love and the passion in their heart. And you can see it the way he comes out there and plays on Sunday. That's how you're supposed to play the game before. Man, again, we can stop it with that because Max Crosby, what he embodies is what I believe is like the the, the essence of defense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh all three, I don't care what level you're talking about. If you can give me a Max Crosby yeah. on the line, at linebacker, and in the secondary, you're going you're gonna to win ball games. Correct. And I think Correct. that's what AP sees, and he's made him kind of like the, 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 the goal of what everybody should be chasing in that building. Yep. And I think that's why they, they've had some success. So uh, won his first two games, had a loss this past week, so they're going to be trying to rebound. Um, but, man, look forward to a great game. Uh, obviously, man, you let your, let me know your predictions uh, online or, you know, uh, DM us or whatever you got to do uh, to reach out to us. But uh, with that said, man, hey, that wraps up the show. Uh, the process where the process is always greater than when it produces. Uh, man, we got at it a little bit. And this is the holiday edition because, hey, man, it, it's about to be Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So we could talk about all the meals and stuff. Man, I am an all sides, no meat guy. I'm not going to do any turkey, no ham, no – I just do all the sides. Give me huh. all the stuffings and the mac and cheese and the collard greens and the all, all the sides, the, the candy yams. And I don't do any of that. I don't want I don't want any of the main course. See, we could do Thanksgiving together, man, because I'm all about the meats. Bring me the chicken, <laughs> the hams, all that. Pass on the turkey though, unless it's fried and extra juicy. Hey man, so with that, I would like to uh wish a happy holidays and an amazing Thanksgiving to you and yours. Uh man, happiness starts in the heart. Um, and then enjoy yourself, man. Again, this is The Process with your boy, Sean Barber. And that's my guy, Desmond Moses. We appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning in. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.